from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is the WIA National News, this edition for week commencing August 6, 2017. The historic Project Earhart flight ends. After a two-month commemorative flight taking in 20 countries, pilot Brian Lloyd, WB6RQN, was to finally reach Texas where it all began. Piloting a single-engine plane called Spirit, he received praise at tracing a similar route taken 80 years ago by the famed aviator Amelia Earhart. Earlier, a problem with the plane's fuel flow system caused a turn back to New Zealand. A faulty magneto and poor weather further added to the pilot's worries. WB-6 RQN Aeronautical Mobile made hundreds of CUSOs. He landed at Oakland, California, Monday, July 31. Then Cameron Park, also in California, flying to the Amelia Earhart Museum at Atchison, Kansas and ending the epic flight at Kestrel Air Park, Texas, the pilot's home airfield. Around VK, the Fishers Ghost Amateur Radio Club. This club has recently commissioned a new website and discussion forums. The website, fgarc.org.au, where you can find detailed information about the club and its activities, and a link to the discussion forums. All hams and anybody with an interest in amateur radio are welcome to register on the forums. Felix, VK4FUQ, will have more from Fisher's Ghost in his operational segment, including results of the Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge and details on a new Fisher's Ghost repeater. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Hello everybody, this is Marcus, VK5 WTF. What a busy month. We have advertised for a privacy and complaints officer position, two national QSL processing positions, and a media and sales manager position, and we have received over 60 applications. The framework was also established for the creation of the Media and Communications Committee, and TrainSafe is also trialling online exams, with the final system to be written in HTML5. It should also be noted that the online exams will still require two assessors or one assessor and one learning facilitator, so nothing will change there. It is simply to make the processing of exam papers quicker from the WIA's end. But this week, I wanted to talk about one particular area, something that's close to my heart, training and licensing. So, the foundation license. How did we get here? About 14 years ago, with the change to minimum qualifications for amateur radio by the AARU, in Australia, we went from five to two license categories. The then ACA, now ACMA, raised the possibility of adding an entry-level license class. The public consultation came up with a handful of recommendations, and here's a summary. Make it easier for those who found the novice exam difficult, commercially manufactured equipment only, 80, 40, 15, 10, 6, 2 metres, and also 70 centimetres, and not where interference could be caused. 100 watts PEP, re-examination on renewal, and telephony and hand-sent morse only. And digging further into the archives, there was at least one major group who advocated for digital modes for foundation licences. The ACMA at the time decided to restrict foundation licences 
to 10 watts PEP in line with the UK Foundation license, as well as to limit interference potential and EMR exposure, and also for reasons of limited technical knowledge. It was decided not to give Foundation licenses 6 metres. There was also no desire from the ACMA to add digital modes, and even in 2007, the WIA formally requested for Foundation licenses to have access to DSTAR, but the suggestion was rejected. More importantly, Foundation licenses would not require re-examination every time the license was renewed. The ACMA accepted at the time that some operators would prefer to stay at Foundation level, and if they wanted the higher privileges, that the new standard and advanced licenses would provide an incentive to upgrade knowledge and skills. So the decision for the basis of the foundation licenses was not put together on a whim. There was extensive consultation with the community and a few large groups, including the WIA. And remember, most of what I've said is the words of the regulator, not my own. There is a lot to be said for an entry-level license to be given a taste of what amateur radio is really all about. And in some ways, it's like a video game. Some people are happy with getting 50,000 in Galaga. You've probably beaten most of your friends. But if you want to get to the 4 million, it takes time. Find a friend, find a group, a club that will help you out. Someone who has the time to work out what you're up to and will help you. Someone who can show you how they did it and is willing to help you even if you take a different path. And remember, one day you might be able to help someone else and they might be even better at it than you. And you know what? That's okay. 73 from VK5 WTF. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. From Brisbane, it can be heard on 7130 kHz lower sideband every Sunday at 9am Eastern Standard Time. I'm Gary, VK4AR. The WIA Board, in the spirit of openness, issues the minutes of its monthly meetings to members via the website. The draft July minutes have been posted and they join those of May and June. The WIA Board of Directors meets to discuss a range of matters and has given each item a security classification. All unclassified items appear for members, but occasionally there may also be a summary of some other matters. Although rare, an example would be items classified as commercial in confidence such as those involving competitive bids, details of such items would not normally be released during negotiations. The WIA trial theory assessments available online since May this year requires a simple registration process and the feedback has been that they exceeded the expectations of those who've used the exams. Organised by WIA trainer Fred Swainston, VK4, FEVK3, DAC, and following feedback and comments, these trial exams will be converted to tutorials and left online. The trial theory papers at the Foundation, Standard and Advanced level are similar to those used in the actual multi-choice exams. These were a proof-of-concept exercise and a move closer by the WIA towards enabling WIA-nominated assessors to use online exams for candidates needing a remote assessment. Fred VK4FEVK3DAC says a test of their use in remote assessments has been greatly helped by the feedback received. Quite a few requests were made to provide some additional material and answers to these trial examinations. Two standard licence trial papers are being converted to tutorials where the answers are provided. 
Then will come the regulations trial papers. To access the trials, you need the latest version of the Flash Player and log on to the Silvertrain website. That's silvertrain.com.au, clicking on the Amateur Radio tab. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, WIA Local News Service VK7, VK3 Papa Charlie, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. New spectrum management and interference tracing equipment has been introduced by RSM, the Radio Spectrum Management, for a program of licensing audits that have started across New Zealand. The new equipment can also assist industry locate interference sources. It allows RSM to view radio spectrum from 18 GHz to 43 GHz, where previously they could only conduct measurements up to 18 GHz. It has already been used to determine train radar interference sources and interference from water tank level indicating services. To measure the signals, RSM needs to be in the beam of the microwave signal. At 40 GHz, the measurement of microwave signals is proving very easy, primarily due to the short distance between sites. The signals penetrate through foliage and reflect off buildings. Hawaii ham shows that homelessness is no barrier. There once was a saying to describe those engaged in amateur radio. It was, from kings to newspaper boys. Now, a homeless man in Honolulu very much enjoys SSB QRP DXing. Alex, Kilo Hotel 7 Charlie X-Ray, is one of 7,900 people homeless in Hawaii, but he prefers to talk about amateur radio than his personal circumstance. He sleeps on a bench, gets his mail and showers at a local church, and does odd jobs to provide food and clothing. On air since 2008, his main radio has been a Yaesu FT-817ND powered by a lithium battery. He has logged a number of notable de-expeditions through his low SWR antennas. For logging, or to check propagation, he finds computers at public libraries are ideal. No doubt about it, radio amateurs come from all walks of life. A load of hot air, or is it hot water? The South African Radio League ICASA Regional Office and the supplier of Giza load controllers have resolved the problem of interference experienced in the areas of the Western Cape. The controllers supplied to the Groot Drakenstein Municipality by Strike Technologies meets the specification as measured against the type approval specification. The interference problem is created when the geyser is some distance from the mains board where the controller is installed. The problem can be solved by installing a filter. Strike Technologies have agreed to supply filters free of charge to households who report interference on the HF spectrum. This is now a matter between ICASA and Strike Technologies. New Radio Spectrum Fees from October Radio Spectrum Management announced that the date its simplified fee regime will take effect is the 1st of October 2017. Most ZL amateur license users won't need to do anything for the move to the new fee structure. Licensees will automatically be moved into one of the four new fee categories and will see the change reflected on invoices and the register of radio frequencies. 
Polar Prince news. The Polar Prince has been making its way northward along the Labrador coast, visiting communities and places of interest. While daytime propagation at this time is limited, the Charlie Golf 3 Echo X-ray Pupper Beacon receptions are being uploaded by the receiving stations at a rate of up to 800 in a 12-hour period. Some of these stations have requested QSL cards, and TCA columnist Robert Mazur, Victor Alpha 3 Romeo Oscar Mike, has volunteered to be the Charlie Golf 3 Echo X-ray Pupper EQSL manager. To join the stations that are using WSPR to track the Canada Charlie 3 expedition in the remaining 95 days of the voyage, you only need a standard SSBHF receiver, an inexpensive USB sound adapter and a PC running WSPR 2.0 software. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason VK2LAW. Ham Radio Operational News. It's Contact Sport. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. 2017 WIA's flagship contest in Ramnus Day Contest, 12th and 13th of August. August 1920, IWLW, the third full week in August since 1998. August 26th, Alara Contest, start time, 1600 hours. This is a 24-hour contest for YLs. August 26th, first CW Contest, 1000 hours to 11.59 UTC. IAIU High Speed Telegraphy World Championship of the 8th to the 12th of September. October CQ WWDX SSB contest always October's last four weekend. The CW weekend is November 26-27. Running all year till December 31, the Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. Fist Down Under announces its inaugural contest. The International Morse Preservation Society Fist Down Under chapter that covers Australia and New Zealand proudly announces that it will hold a contest this month. Fist VK Secretary Gary Cottle, VK2GAZ, says the inaugural Fist Down Under contest is for its members and all radio amateurs to make as many contacts as possible within a two-hour period using CW only. It will be on 80 metres and 40 metres, single operator only, and run for two hours, 10 hours UTC to 11.59, Saturday, August 26. Among these certificates is one for the overall winner, one to recognise foundation licensees, and another in making five or more QRP contacts. All power levels may be used with QRP at 5 watts or less. The full rules are found in the text edition of this broadcast. The Fishers Ghost Amateur Radio Club is pleased to announce their 70cm FM and C4 FM repeater, VK2RFG, is now on air. The repeater is located at Gregory Hills, New South Wales. And whilst it is still in its testing phase, all reports are welcome. The output frequency is 438.650 MHz with a negative 7 MHz input of 431.650 MHz. A 91.5 Hz CTCSS tone is required to access the repeater in FM mode, and it also transmits a 91.5 Hz tone. The repeater operates in auto-stroke-auto mode, meaning analog in, analog out, or digital in, digital out. It is also YSX enabled. The repeater's node is VK2RFG-RPT and the room is VK2RFG-ROOM. Peter VK2PR tells me the results of the Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge have been released. Congratulations to VK3JLS for winning both the most wanted and top 5 categories. Full results can be found on the club's contest website VK2AU.org. To get involved in the current period of the Ted Powell Memorial DX Challenge, simply log at least one QSO with any DX station 
or even VK, between July to September. Then head over to VK2AU.org during the entry submission period and send in your entry. VI4 Alara, July 1 to September 30 to gain recognition for the Alara meet in Cairns, VK4, from September the 8th to the 12th. Lynn Battle, VK4SW, has been given good fist on CW those wanting VI4 Alara. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in South Australia. It can be heard on 1.843 MHz at 9am Central Standard Time. I'm Colin, VK5XY. Media Watch and Dial Dancing, the magic of ham radio. A new book by writer Don Keith, N4KC, employs short fictional stories to demonstrate what the author calls the magic still inherent in the century-old hobby of amateur or ham radio. Some claim, he says, that our hobby is old-fashioned when compared to cell phones and social media. This, of course, is not true. Amateur radio is in the midst of a resurgence and offers more excitement than ever before to anybody interested in technology, communications, competition, public service, experimentation or just plain having fun. Among the stories are a tale of a new licensee making a first contact with a rather interesting operator on a distant island, learning he is part of an historical event. Another story is about a relatively new female ham operator who takes on a bold challenge from a crotchety old-timer. And there are a few of those around. Many prospective hams still don't know about how well our hobby ties in with their other interest, Keith notes, or how diversified our membership is nowadays. It can be as technical as somewhat, or require very little technical knowledge or interest. This is what I hope to show in these stories, he said. Some are funny, some are heart-tugging, all are entertaining. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV, where every pixel tells a story. 146 to 147 megahertz digital TV progress. Slides and video are now available on the Ofcom website for the latest RSGB and BATC presentation to Ofcom's Business Radio Interest Group. The meeting was held on the 30th of June. Ongoing advances in reduced bandwidth TV by radio amateurs at 146 to 147 MHz were presented by VHF manager John Regnault, G4SWX. The video clip shows robust reception of colour digital video transmissions over 15 kilometres on 146.5 MHz with a reduced bandwidth of just 470 kHz. Worldwide Special Interest Group CW, Mawson Magnificat, Amazing Response. Since the initial announcement that copies of all issues of the English edition of Mawson Magnificat were available for free download from the internet, there have been over 12,500 hits on the website, demonstrating that there's still widespread interest in Morse telegraphy. 
A new addition to the downloads is a searchable consolidated index covering all issues of Mawson Magnificat numbers 1 to 89. Tony G4FAI, co-founder and the first editor of the English edition of Morse Magnificent, says that with the assistance of the new index, it's now possible to search the complete magazine archive with comparative ease. All copies of the magazine, together with four special MM publications, The Story of the Key, The MMQNZ Codebook, The Key WT8A Survey, and the new index can be downloaded in a single zip file. Worldwide special interest groups, Final Frontier, and the hiss just keeps on coming. NASA whistles up electron noise from the Van Allen belt. Sure, Goddard Boffins could just analyse the signals, but why not listen to them too? Richard Chergwin, writing in the register.com.uk, says that NASA boffins in charge of the agency's Van Allen Belt mission have recorded audio frequency noise made by energetic electrons emitting what's known as Whistler waves. NASA Goddard says that the waves shape the near-Earth space environment and also characterise different types of plasma, making them worthy of our curiosity. So why publish recordings of them? Because it's cool, of course. There's the plasmosphere around the Earth, relatively dense and cold, which produces different frequencies to hotter, less dense waves in the Van Allen belts. Those waves, going by the snappy name Enhanced EMIC, Electromagnetic Ion Cyclotron Waves. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW. ILLW ramps up for the fun event weekend. The 20th International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend is only two weekends away, with organisers expecting a further 100 or so registrations. About 350 are listed, already from 40 countries in Europe, South America, Southeast Asia, Australasia and the Americas. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend is on August the 19th and the 20th. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Radio Amateur Old-Timers Now Clive VK6CSW with the usual reminder that Monday August the 7th the Radio Amateur Old-Timers Club of Australia monthly bulletin goes to air. As well as the latest club news, this month Ian VK3JS tells us about metrology, the science of weights and measurements, plus an item on the 1920 portaphone probably the first civilian portable wireless set ever built. Everyone, REOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to tune in and to join in the callbacks afterwards. The principal HF transmission is on 20 metres at 0100 UTC by Hans VK5YX on 14.150 MHz upper sideband, aimed mainly at Eastern States listeners. An hour later, at 0200 UTC, for Western Australia, Chris VK6JI will transmit the program on 40 metres on 7088 kHz, together with a simultaneous transmission via all linked NewsWest repeaters. Several other local transmissions also take place, details of which can be found by visiting the club website at www.raotc.org.au. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to listen in to the bulletin 
and your callbacks afterwards are greatly appreciated. Even if you can't tune in tomorrow, as from Tuesday morning, you can download the audio file from our website, www.raotc.org.au. So once again, the August REOTC Bulletin goes to air tomorrow, Monday, August the 7th. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Now from the old, and I don't mean you Clive, hi-hi, but to the new. Traditional ham radio leaves youngsters uninterested. ARRL President Rick Roderick, K5UR, expressed his surprise when he discovered his usual amateur radio talk didn't impress young people. In the 2016 ARRL Annual Report, Rick writes, I prepared my usual talk about some interesting ham radio stories over my 50 years as a ham. How we've talked all over the world, and I brought some QSL cards from rare places to show the group. I'd given them that talk so many times, and it usually impresses people, but not this time. I was surprised to see flat, uninterested faces. I realised that I had to change my approach to the presentation if I was going to keep the attention of these young people. After all, what could ham radio offer people who grew up in homes that had computers hooked up to the internet? Today's young people are used to riding down the interstate at 70 miles an hour as a passenger whilst watching high-definition videos on their iPhones. What we're hearing from what I call the new generation ham is that they don't view ham radio as being talking around the world, contesting and traditional aspects of our hobby. Change generally doesn't come easy to us, but when I looked out at that group of young faces and saw their disinterest in traditional ham radio pursuits, I realised that I had to change. We have to change. And it won't come easy, but it's essential that we get back to work on it now. When we radio amateurs speak about the hobby to potential newcomers, they frequently talk about things that took place in the last century. For many young people, even events that happened in 2010 will still be half a lifetime ago. Unfortunately, we're not given the changes, if any, that K5UR made to engage his audience. Still, even his titillating glimpse where he sees the need to change is something for all of us to consider even if there's no real answer. Over to the youngsters to show us what they want. And finally from me, it's Rewind, a look back on our history. A radio amateur pioneered radio astronomy. In 1932, during the minimum sunspot cycle, Carl Guth Jansky in the USA accidentally discovered cosmic noise from our galaxy, the Milky Way, on a frequency of 20.5 MHz, 14 6-metre wavelengths. He was researching the cause of interference to the intercontinental radiotelegraph surface for the Bell Laboratories. Jancy's company saw no value in this discovery and directed him to another field of research. Fortunately, he wrote two papers where he mentioned this discovery. Four years later, Grote Reba, a radio amateur W9GFZ, an engineer, came across those papers and read them. It fired up his imagination. He decided to construct a suitable radio receiver and dish antenna, which would continue the research. Grote Reba discovered many other radio sources in the sky and produced the first map of the radio sky. 
Today he is referred to as the father of radio astronomy. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au That takes us to the end of WIA and the National News. Looking ahead to next week's broadcast, we'll have news on the World Digital Amateur Television CUSO Party, the ACMA looking at how best to investigate interference, and a dozen registrations already in for the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks weekend. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.